you know, it's a it's an unsettling time, isn't it? We just don't know what's going to happen, and and maybe we'd find a little bit more peace if we we knew we were going to be sick, or if we knew someone who was going to get sick, and and we uh, and, and we knew that they would be okay, you know. But we don't. We 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 don't, and that's the uncertainty, and that's where faith kicks in. And so these are these are trying times. But I'm hope. You know, I don't think God makes bad things happen, but sometimes he, he allows them, or sometimes he may not even do that, but he's always in control, so, so we wonder, why do things like this happen? And you have to, to say, I don't, you know, I don't know. And maybe it's not for us to know, but, but it is for us to trust. And, and maybe the, the, we can use some of these things for God's good, because he's gonna, he's gonna want us to anyway. He's gonna try to shape this into something anyway, but, since we're home, is there something more and different and better we can be doing at home? Can we focus on our relationships? In, in a time when, we, when we're not supposed to touch our face, and, and they say, don't touch your 401k, right? Maybe we can touch this just a little more, right? Maybe it's a time to reestablish some connections with our, with our family and our, and our friends, and maybe it's time to learn that we don't have to rely so much on, on things, just things in general. So... For the past few Sundays, as we prepared for the good news of the resurrection, we've looked at all of this, what all this means to us. If we don't understand and accept that we are precious, or as the Bible described it, a, a treasured possession, then how can we possibly understand God's motive? And if we don't understand the motive of God the Father, then how can we possibly understand the power of the gift? And if we don't understand that we are worthy of such a gift, then how can we possibly share that good news with others? And if we aren't changed by all this, if we don't accept the truth and are made righteous by God's decision to love us enough to send His Son as a living sacrifice, then how can we possibly reap the intended blessing of this choice? These are some of the questions that we've sought answers to during this message series. And if you missed one or need a reminder, you can find them online. Because two weeks ago, I shared with you Lies Dispelled, where we dismantled the lies and negative self-talk that we are exposed to daily. And we replaced these with God's truth about who we are and the value we hold in His eyes. And last week was God Calls Divs, and we were reminded of who we are and who we belong to. And I've titled today's message, Defined by Jesus' Choices. So let's begin. Is it safe to assume that even in a crowd as small as this morning, and by crowd I mean pandemic crowd, we are small in numbers and we are in a small, legally compliant, spread out as the best we can in this large room, and I felt like I needed to say that so anyone listening would know that we are being socially responsible here this morning. We are. And we do continue to evaluate things weekly. But is it possible, even in a number this small, that at some point you, you may have made a bad choice? You know, um, it's safe to assume that, and we don't need to show hands, but has anybody made a bad decision in somewhere in our lives? And I see some heads nodding, and and, and I admit, I have, and it's not a loaded question. I, I, I know we all have. Oh, you know we've all made those questionable decisions. And when we think back on those, when I ask that question, our mind immediately goes to the bad decisions, right? When I say, have you made, anybody made a questionable decisions? You always go to the bad decisions. You know, when you progress for an example of a questionable decision, none of us think back to the greatest decision that we ever made. But even those were questionable, right? At some point you took 
a chance and he made a choice. But why is it that we think back to these negative ones, these bad, these bad ones? It's because we may be harboring a sense of regret. Perhaps a little negative self-talk worked its way into our mind and, and you feel pangs of guilt or remorse. And if so, I want you to keep those thoughts in check and hold them up against the truth of God's word and promises. If you made a sinful decision, repent. Okay? If you made one, repent. If you've made a bad decision, learn from it. If you've come to believe that whatever decision you made has defined you as a person, destroy that lie with the truth about who you are. And, and if you need the ammunition, I'm going to help you with that this morning. Okay? I suppose that it's a natural response for our minds to go directly to what we deemed as bad choice. But the truth is that we are now, that where we are now, and who you are now, is the result of all the decisions you have made, good and bad. All those pieces came to bring you to where you are here as a person and physically in your life. The career you chose, whether it was intentional or otherwise, and that's really how that happens, right? Anybody ever started a summer job and then next thing you know, that's all you've known? That type of thing, right? Or you can do whatever you want in college, but you're going to end up doing this. But your career you chose, the place you live, the the, the person you married, and I'm hoping that was a good decision. Mine was... um, All those brought you to where you are now. So perhaps my earlier statement should not have been, we've all made questionable decisions in our lives. Maybe it should have been, we've all made risky decisions in our lives. That seems more accurate. Anytime you make a decision or choose one thing over another, you run the risk of it not being the best possible decision. And I like that. That feels better to me. To think that that I didn't make a bad decision, that's just... There was a better option. Or, uh, you know, there was a couple choices and I didn't take the one that, that based on what I knew, that, that would have turned out the, the, for the better. And, and you may tend to lean, or we, we may tend to, to uh, lean more in the direction of regret. But before you beat yourself up, let's dive a little deeper, okay? Understand that I'm not trying to let any of us off the hook for the choices we've made. Okay, we are accountable. I just want to remind us all that we may be the product, the end result of our decisions, but we are not defined by them. God created each one of us. He defined us. He created you. He defined you. He uses such words as lovable, valuable, chosen, and worthy of blessing. And this great big God who knows all and who sees all, yes, he sees what you do, what you've done, and he knows what you're about to do. He knows what you think about. And he calls you son, and he calls you daughter, and he claims you as treasured. Again, that doesn't mean you aren't held accountable for both the good and the bad. God's expectations are, are both clear and non-negotiable. And his commandments are actually quite simple. So simple that he numbered them 1 through 10, right? And then included some others like love everyone to help tie all this together. And then he sent... Uh, then he made the choice to send his son to give us a practical demonstration of his love and to prove that we have the ability to keep his commandments. The decision that Jesus made in living the life that he did and giving up his life like he did provides a guaranteed path of salvation. These are the choices that define you. It's Jesus' choices that define you, not yours. And as we approach the Holy Week, which begins in seven days of Palm Sunday, We're ever mindful of this great gift of grace and mercy. So let's look at what God's word says about this. First, God created you. 
He gave you purpose. All the way back to Genesis 1, 26-27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are potter. And all of us are the work of your hand. God created you. From Psalm 119.73. Your hands made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. As your purpose. And Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created you and he gave you a purpose. And it's God's choices that defies, defines you. From Psalm 139.14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So what are we? We are wonderful. First Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people. We read this last week. A royal priesthood, holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his light. God has defined you as chosen. A royal priesthood, holy a special possession. And the Apostle Paul's out of the Romans. For I am convinced, and I like this one, we do this one a lot. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's definition does not waver. Okay? He loves you. You are chosen pre- people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that is loved and nothing can separate us from that love. Nothing can change that definition of who we are. That's the truth. But do you struggle with it sometimes? Are you fighting it? Are you having trouble believing it? This is an uncommon Proverbs. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Don't struggle. Get out of God's way and let Him use you. Let His purpose prevail. And this one, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans that prosper you and not to harm you. Plans that give you a hope and a future. Now, isn't it amazing how often we use these, these words? And, and remember, I warned you several months ago, let's not lose the meaning. It's not a cliche. It's that applicable in every aspect of our life that on any given Sunday we can read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and find purpose in his words that says, I know the plans I have for you. God has defined you. God has given you a purpose. God has made a choice to do this. He knows what they are. And they're for your good. And if you're having trouble understanding what these what this purpose is, what this definition is, ask him. Proverbs again, the purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, right? But the one who has insight draws them out. Ask God for that wisdom. And there's a difference between God-given intelligence and God-given wisdom. I know some people that may struggle struggle with books, but they are wise because they know and they understand things because God has given them that gift of wisdom. So draw this out of yourself. Understand your purpose and ask. And what are some of these decisions that God made that defined us as all this? 
from Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This was God's decision, not yours. Now we have to make a decision in response to God, but God made a decision that defined you. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So note this. Jesus was not made to sin to save us. He was made to be sin. You aren't defined by your sins, but Jesus was. Now why, why why would that happen? Because it allowed that sin to be nailed to the cross. It allowed that sin to be washed clean by his blood. And that is the choice that defines you. And then he overcame the sin and death itself and ascended to heaven where he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And in Romans it is reasoned this way, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? You think you had hope before that? Look at the hope you have now that it has been accomplished, has been finished. Or as the original word is tetelestai, which means it goes, it's being finished continually on and on forever and ever and ever. So John 3, 16 through 17. Here's another one we use every week, but it's always applicable. And if you, if you want to say it along, say it along. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What a powerful decision that made. And the Apostle Paul's letter to Timothy reminds us all. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done. Remember, not our choice. But because of his purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Now how aged and how enduring this decision is. God created you. God gave you a purpose. Okay. He has defined you with his purpose. He has proved through these decisions how, how you were defined. And what does that say about you? What is the end result of all this? Jesus said this way. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come in a judgment as passed from death to life. By God's definition, we have eternal life. You have an eternal life. That's why we can celebrate the passing of a friend. Because they have an eternal life. And they're there. They just got there before you. How about this? For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Because of God's choices, we have the ability to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly life. And that's the choice we have to make in response. This one, John 3, 1. This was our verse to remember from a couple weeks ago. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. By God's choice, we are defined as His children. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For God, by God's choice, we were worth the sacrifice. And we are defined as valuable. And we are defined as worthy. And again for Romans 8. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
by God's choice, you are free from the slavery of your sins. So how do you respond when you know that God loves you and created you and defined us as, defined you as His child? How do you respond to that? That come, answer comes in, in Acts and um, other places. But in Acts 16.30, the question is asked, what must I do to be saved? And we all know this answer. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You and your household. How do you respond? Respond by choosing God. Make a decision. He chose you. Choose Him right back. Also in Acts, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So respond by choosing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay? And if that's something you haven't done, if that is not something that you have, you have consciously decided, then I want to extend that invitation to you today. Don't wait a day longer to accept that. To wait one more day for this blessing the Lord has intended for you. Okay? Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, or I will come into him and eat with him, and he will with me. You want to respond to God, you respond by accepting this invitation. It's there. It's there. Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is your mouth that you confess that you are saved. How do you respond? You respond by declaring your choice by word, thought, and action. It should be so incredibly obvious. They'll know we are Christians by our love, right? Mark sixteen sixteen. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You respond to the sacrament of baptism, right? The symbolism of, of being cleansed by the Spirit, of of becoming refreshed and renewed, sealing that commitment, that covenant with God, just marking that choice. With a baptism. Let me conclude with, with just a couple more thoughts. And I love this verse from 2 Peter 3.9. It says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Right? Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You can respond at your leisure. God has called you to do these things. He has instilled with you uh, abilities and talents and, and uh, callings to do things. What you do with that is is a part of freedom. Okay, You have the choice. You have the ability to choose. And God will wait for you. It breaks his heart. He He's not slow as we understand slowness. That's, that's what the scripture said. And that's because his... His meaning of time is different than ours. In, in the grand scheme of eternity, we are what? A, a, a vapor, right? Isn't that what the scripture says? A, a vapor that vanishes. But time means a lot to us, right? We protect our time. We value our time. So if we need to hurry and make a decision, if there's an urgency for accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if there is... a, a a quickness and an importance that needs to happen to you understanding the truth about who you are and how you're defined and what you love, that is for your benefit. Because every minute, every hour, every day you delay in understanding that and accepting that 
It's another hour or a minute or day that you've given up your blessing. Friends, regardless of how long you've been living, the result of the choices you've made, it's not too late to understand what truly defines you as a child of God. You may spend a large portion of your life in a particular career field because of a choice or series of choices you made long ago. But you may have a calling that is different from your vocation. You may spend a large portion of your life struggling with envy or holding grudges, but your heart was created to love and forgive. You may spend a large portion of your life living in a particular part of this country because of a choice you made, but your true home is not found on earth. And you may spend a large portion of your life struggling with fear or anxiety because you chose to wonder about things you can't understand or you try to control things that aren't yours to control. But the peace that surpasses all understanding is just waiting for you to ask for it. Friends, do not for one moment believe that you are defined by your choices. You are defined by His. So let me leave you with the final verse. A promise from God and then a, a prayer. From 1 Peter 1, 8-9. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Father, we pray to you in Jesus' name. We thank you that you created us. And even though at times we aren't happy with, with who we are or, or what we have or, or lack, God, you chose us, you designed us perfectly. You have perfectly equipped us for what you've called us to do. Lord, we thank you for that. And maybe that's something we don't thank you for very often, for making us who we are. Because we get so hung up on defining ourselves by the choices we've made. I've made a mistake, so I must be an idiot. I, I've told an untruth, so I'm a liar. You know, I, I've had an indiscretion, so that makes me something that I don't want to be. Lord, in the cases where we've sinned, we need to repent. And by repent, we, we stop. We turn around. We literally do a 180 from that course we were on. And we turn towards you and we ask for forgiveness and you give forgiveness. And you say, don't do it again. That love that you show us, that forgiveness, that's what defines us. Lord, we are your children. You're deeply loved, deeply valued children. And Lord, let us be changed for that realization. Let us, as we learned last week from your scripture, clothe ourselves in goodness and kindness and love and compassion and generosity so that we can feel the security and the strength of it, the warmth that comes from Christ-like love. And others may see it and feel it as we share that with others as you called us to do. Let us not be hearers of the word but doers. Let us put our faith into action. You have defined us as your children, and you have called us to share this good news, that everyone else is a child of God. Lord, as always, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this congregation and their support, all those that have come before in the 40 years that Golden Beach has existed, and all those that are yet to come. 
Lord, I thank you for this beautiful building, these glorious surroundings, the warm temperatures, the sunshine that we've been able to experience. Lord, I thank you for all that. And as we spend this extended period of time indoors with our loved ones, and and I know at times it's hard to love our loved ones, it's probably harder for them to love us right back. Lord, help us to be a productive time where we learn valuable lessons about who we are. You love us, you defined us, and you loved and defined those we are with. God, we thank you. We give this service to you, and may you bless all who hear it. May we be changed for doing so. Amen.